Welcome to the Jacksonville Bar Association podcast. My name is Craig Shoup. I'm the executive director here at the Jacksonville Bar Association. And today we're excited to welcome John Wheaton. John is a 2007 graduate of the Barry University Duane O. Andreas School of Law. John is a litigator who focuses his practice in the defense of claims in the areas of personal injury, negligent security, automobile accidents, premise liability, medical malpractice, nursing home abuse and neglect, construction litigation, and products liability at the law firm of Henshaw and Culbertson. John is a 2021-2022 member of the Jacksonville Bar Association Board of Governors. He also serves on the Jacksonville Women Lawyers Board and the School Board of Assumption Catholic School. Before we get started with John, I do want to say a special thank you, like we do every time, to our Jacksonville Bar Association sponsors. These sponsors and partners include Ameris Bank, Dex Imaging, Dixon Hughes Goodman, Member Benefits, Mulholland Investigation and Computer Forensics, Veritex, Florida Lawyers Mutual Insurance Company, YFAST Networks, Seaside Claims, CH Mediation, The Jacksonville Daily Record, Ullman Wealth Partners, Diamonds Direct, and Scarlet Group. At this point, we do have a quick message from one of our partners. I'm Matt Igo, the owner, founder, and president of Seaside Claims Services. I am a third generation Jacksonville, Florida native. Uh, I was in the Marine Corps in an anti-terrorism battalion where I learned how to conduct surveillance and counter surveillance and things of that nature. Seaside Claims Services provides comprehensive claims investigations and efficient process serving at a very minimal cost with a very high return on investment. Some of our services include surveillance, social media investigations, process service, background checks, recorded statements, workers' compensation investigations, auto liability claims investigations, subrogation, and notary services. You can reach Seaside Claims Services by going to our website, www.seasideclaims.com, or you can contact our office at 904 506-2123. We appreciate the support of all of our sponsors and partners of the Jacksonville Bar Association. Well, John, with that, welcome. We're glad you're here. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks, Craig. Thanks for having me. Hello so, to everyone out there. So uh, tell us a little bit about you growing up and what led you down the path to become a lawyer. Well, uh, growing up, I, I'm from here. From Jacksonville, uh, born and raised, and uh, went to Bishop Kenny High School across the river there. Um, what led me to become a lawyer? It's really quite simple, actually. Um, my father is a lawyer, and he and I are very close. I've, I look up to him, and I've always wanted to be to be like him. Uh, he's been practicing here in Jacksonville at the same firm for 46 years. Um, I know when I was a kid, I used to have a shirt that said, my lawyer can beat up your lawyer, and I always thought that was so cool. <laughs> so really, that was the only thing that I ever thought of doing. Um, but I took a year off after college and went and worked as a paralegal in Charleston, South Carolina, to sort of make sure that that's what I wanted to do, uh, get the law, law firm experience. And I worked as a paralegal at a, a civil defense firm 
uh, local to Charleston, and they had a wide variety of, of stuff and, um, and, you know, took the LSAT, prepared for law school and, and uh, went to law school down in Orlando, fell in love with Charleston, wasn't ready to leave. So uh, I came back that summer and then I actually went back and started practicing there for my, the first four years of my career, committed to taking two bar exams. Um, so that's how, much, that's how much I enjoyed Charleston. So um, practiced there for uh, about three or four years. The goal was always to move back home to Jacksonville. Um, I've always loved home. Um, I even, I drove, I drove back home for every single Jaguar and Gator game when I lived in Charleston. That's a commitment. <laughs> it was, it was. And uh, the team was pretty good, was decent at that time. 2011's when I moved back and that's when we had some bad years and I remember thinking, I'm really glad I'm only having to drive 10 minutes for this. <laughs> so, but um, came back, moved back here in 2011 and I've been practicing here ever since. I'm sitting here thinking there's probably a few Jaguar fans out there listening to this that may think you need to move back to South Carolina to <laughs> bring, us, bring us back some winning years of the Jaguars. I was here for 2017 though. Okay, then so, you broke the curse. I did and um, I did go up to New England to that game. Um, and we almost had it. Miles Jack still wasn't down. No, he wasn't. And now he's not on the team anymore. So, um, so all these years you've been practicing, you've, I know you've tried to, and been a part of a variety of different cases. What's a cool story or memory you have from one that you've been involved in? So uh, the one that comes to mind, and this is uh, kind of a long story. I'll try to make it sort of quick uh, and brief. But um, it was when I was an associate in Charleston. Uh, the firm I worked for was National Council for uh, uh, Electrical Company Cherry Picker Trucks. And um, there was a big trial in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Home of the office. Home of the office. So um, <laughs> I actually uh, told my boss about that and procured him the procured him the DVDs to watch for some jury research. Um, and he said, he said, uh, John, could you, uh, could you procure me some of the uh, compact discs of the program office? <laughs> and I was like, I'll get you the DVDs. So, um, yeah, trial up in Scranton. It involved uh, an electric worker up there who was using the truck and got electrocuted in the lines and lost both of his arms. So it was a big case. Um, and my job as the associate was to find whatever you could find to discredit the plaintiff experts. Because, of course, the plaintiff experts are going to say that it's the fault of the, the truck. And um, so there were uh, two experts, one that was in Pennsylvania, one that was in South Carolina. And, you know, the firm was national counsel, so he said, take as much time as it takes. And I went on, I, I called... I researched, I, I called attorneys all over the country, gathered transcripts of these two guys, 300-some transcripts, and went through all of them. Well, I divvied up some of them, but um, I, actually, I actually had to skip the bachelor party that I planned for my best friend, my best friend 
because I had to go through things for this. But it was worth it uh, because uh, on Westlaw, I saw someone tried a case against one of the experts, and I recognized the firm name, and the firm name was a firm where my law school roommate was working. And I called my law school roommate and said, hey, do you guys have a file on this expert? And they went into a garage and pulled out a box and sent me the box. And in that box was a holy grail of uh, things that this expert used to have on his website um, years beforehand that were not on the website anymore. Um, said things like, uh, how to work with an expert, how to hire an expert. And then uh, the main highlight was make sure he slants some of his testimony to the other side so he seems credible. And um, so that was a huge find. And, um, and there was another one for the other expert where he testified for the plaintiff in about 300 cases, and he testified for the defense in one case, and I found that one case. And, of course, he said all sorts of things contradictory to what he'd been saying in every other deposition. And so both those witnesses, both those experts were discredited. We won the case, defense verdict, and uh, I was the hero at my firm for, for a while there. That bought me a lot of time. Bought me a lot of long leash. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's amazing. That shows what the power of perseverance. Perseverance and, yeah, I mean, needle in the haystack. I mean, I just kept looking and kept looking. I found, you know, found it and was like, I think this is it. So, yeah, that was early in my career, but certainly memorable. So I know after you came back from Charleston, you've always been very involved in the Jacksonville Bar Association. Tell us why you think it's important to be involved in the Jacks Bar and maybe highlight some of your service to the bar. Well, uh, becoming part of the bar is one of the best things I did. I know everyone probably says that. But um, I was uh, appointed to the Young Lawyers Section Board of Governors by my uh, good friend Lindsey Tiger, who was the president of the YLS at the time. Um, and it was easy to just dive right in. Um, when Lindsay was president, one of her, you know, her requirement was everyone at the board is at every meeting, everyone on the board is at every event. And so it was, it was easy to jump right in. And there was a great group of people there. And um, we were serving the community and we were having fun doing it. And, you know, met, met some people that have become some of my best friends, some of the best people I know. Uh, through YLS and through the bar, and um, you know, I ran I ran the sports league for about four years, and that was great as well. Just getting to meet people in different uh, practice areas than you, someone you would never run into while practicing law in town. Um, you would play basketball against them. You'd be guarding them that night, and then you'd, you know see him the next day, or something like that. Uh, I mean, recently I had a, a new case uh, where opposing counsel, I looked the guy up, and it was someone that I remembered from kickball last summer, and I said, hey, you played first base on this team, didn't you? He's like, yeah. Well, I was the pitcher for that team. He's like, oh, yeah, I know you. So then right away, we're not adversaries. Right away, we're, on, we're working together, and um, I think it's so much easier to practice law that way when you can get along with who you're, uh, who you're trying a case against. 
um, still advocate for your client, but with a mutual respect uh, with your opposition. Um, that, that, I think, is the number one uh, benefit for bar involvement is networking and getting to know lawyers. And also, another thing, you know, all you lawyers out there, you know that your family, your friends ask you, ask you questions about areas of law that have nothing to do with you all the time. And, um, you know, through YLS, I have, I have friends that do things that are, have nothing to do with what I do. So it's really, it's a, it's a great feeling to be able to refer a friend or loved one to someone that you know and trust, um, someone who does bankruptcy, someone who does... Family, criminal. Family law, criminal, yeah. I mean, yes, exactly. So, yes, it's very good to know, to, to know people well in other areas um, so you can take care of your own. I mean, that's, that's a huge thing, I think. How many times do lawyers get that phone call from some close friend in the middle of the night? Hey, I've got a buddy that just got a DUI overnight. Can you go to first appearance? And if you're not practicing criminal or not really familiar, you might even have to figure out where first appearance is at. I have had to do that. Um, when, you're a, when you're a young lawyer, you, you take on those, those calls. You take them on, but then as you... As you get further along in your practice, you, you realize it's a better idea to punt to someone who knows what to do. Um, but yes, I have made some first, I did make some first appearance appearances before I had any criminal law experience. <laughs> um, but it, it all worked out just fine, thankfully. Yeah, for sure. That's the thing. It's, I think we've heard on it time and time again through the series it's the network, it's the referrals, it's those um, are great resources that you gain through your connections through the bar and being involved and coming and meeting people because people can sign up and put on their website they're a member of the Jacksonville Bar, but if they don't come and they're not engaged, they, they're missing out on a whole part of their membership that is just so invaluable. Absolutely, and, and of course another, a major perk of it is good access to the judges if that's your sort of thing. That's your shtick. <laughs> you have great access to judges. It's a, I mean, it's a, it's a great atmosphere to be able to meet the judge off the bench in that casual setting. So when you go in, you have that better feeling of how you can connect to the judge and in, in your trials, in your motion practice, and yes. those kinds of things. One hundred percent. You you said that very well, Craig. <laughs> Ask the non-lawyer somehow. Better better than I did. <laughs> no, um, so you've been practicing here. We've talked a little bit about young lawyers. You know, with the as we're in this post-COVID world, we're seeing more and more attorneys moving here specifically to the Fourth Circuit, and we're getting either they're new to the practice or just new to this area in practice. What's a, maybe a recommendation or something you have other than joining the Jacksonville Bar right. that these new practitioners should, should know about practicing here in the Fourth Circuit? Because we're... We're a little different up here than other parts of the state. Uh, to, to attorneys who are from uh, other areas who have moved here, um, if you've been to a hearing in one of our hearing rooms, you'll see that each judge has a, uh, a, little, a, plaque. a little plaque that says, uh, professionalism and civility, nothing less will be tolerated. And um, 
I love seeing that, and um, that's a that's a good that's a good um, description of our practice up here in the Fourth Circuit, and um, and just uh, advocate with professionalism and civility. I think it's um, something we've had to remind ourselves through COVID, and something some of the attorneys practicing from other parts of the state who've never been in person here, you don't see the table in the hearing room where you're on Zoom anymore. And that's where that little plaque sits on the table where it says that. And it's so important. It's always reinforced at every investiture where the ABOTA group always presents that to the judge. Um, it's so important. And it's really, you're right, it sets us apart from many other places. Yeah, and it's sitting there staring right at you. <laughs> a a heavy-handed reminder. Yes. So. Now, this last question is uh, one of my highlights and one of my favorite parts of the series. Um, I'm a foodie, as many people can tell. I haven't missed many meals in my life. Um, but what are some favorite restaurants that you like to go to with maybe you and your family for dinner or you and some friends? or Where, where are you guys going? I'm glad you've asked for me for different options because uh, my wife and I are proud parents of three small children. So when we take our family out to dinner, it's, uh, it's, not, a, it's not exactly a relaxing uh, scene. Um, but when we take them to cruisers, they will stay in the booth and um, cruisers out of the beach. And um, we actually have taken them to Poppy's Italiano in Ponte Vedra, and they'll sit there because they they eat pasta. They'll love that. Um, Poppy's is great. If it's just my wife and I, uh, date night, or even with friends, we love going to Taverna. Um, the meat and cheese plate is something that we, we replicate at our house, actually. We make it ourselves now. Um, if, it's, if it's a special occasion, if it's my birthday or something, you can't beat Roots Chris downtown with the view of the skyline in the background. Um, but the, the crown jewel of, of uh, Jacksonville is, and I think you know what I'm about to say, Craig, because <laughs> I introduce you to them. It's the chicken wings at the Crystal. Uh, perfect, perfect uh, post-networking event snack. Uh, they're just, just crispy enough, no sauce, and not lots of kick. And... Uh, but don't eat too many of them if you want to have a productive day the next day. <laughs> <laughs> that may be the um, most unique answer we've had to that question so far. But yes, we were leaving a networking event. I was uh, giving you a ride home, and we did make a stop at the uh, University Boulevard Crystal. We did. And uh, you made me try it in your driveway, and it was, it was fairly tasty. You live in my neighborhood. Yep. <laughs> so it was uh, it was fairly tasty. It was it was uh, it was good though. I was I couldn't can't say anything bad about the crystal wing. Now I'm you know I I took a risk there by saying that because sometimes they'll run out and that's not a happy uh, me when that happens. Oh. So with that, John, um, somebody maybe want to reach out to you about maybe a question in that civil defense world or uh, how to be more involved with the Jacks Bar. What's the best way for them to reach you? Uh, the best way to get a hold of me would be through my email um, and through my firm's website, HenshawLaw.com. Um, we are a, a national firm, and I'm the Jacksonville guy. So um, you can reach me that way. And you can also reach me through the Jacks Bar website under the Board of Governors. 
Absolutely. So, well, thank you, John, for joining us. It's been a fun afternoon here with you. Yes, sir. Thank you, everyone, for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you on our next episode.